0: Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian How are you? What's your update this week? This week, I would like to share a new follow that I found on the Instagram that was shared by someone else that I follow, because that's how I find things now. <laughs> like, through other Ex- people sharing, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> friend recommendation
1: through and through.
0: Yeah, it works every time. Um, and this one's a little, like, it's close to my heart and very special. And so there's an There's an account that was started by two women named Megan and Jasmine, and it's called Mixed in America. And it's basically these two women that started this account to focus on mixed-race people in America. And they have um, a .org. And specifically, recently, they've been talking about people who are half black and half white, but they do talk about all mixed-race people like in some capacity. But it was one of those moments where... So I am a mixed race person, specifically white and black, if I've not shared that before. And I know you know that, but for for, li- for listeners, <laughs> you're finding out for the first time. Um, you looked at me like... Know, you knew that, right? <laughs> um, and it was just really interesting because I have... You know, you're, you're in this identity crisis for most of your life, if you're anything like me, and, and learning about yourself and not not necessarily having a lot of people who you know who identify the same way. I'm lucky to have my sister, um, and I've known a couple of people who also are mixed people, um, but this was just such a great... I don't want to even call it a resource. It feels like a community. It feels mm-hmm. like a place I can go in and, and the way that they talk about being mixed and what kind of identities you hold and how that can feel at different times was just really awesome. And I will plan to share it. Um, we'll obviously have it on our show notes at queenspeaking.com slash um, 126. So we'll share that there. But you know, this is one of the things I wish I had when I was younger. So I would encourage people who are younger or know people who are younger or are parents in an interracial relationship and want to share this with their kids or, or look at it themselves. Um, it's, it's, I've just found it to be really, um, uplifting and gives me like a little, you know, place on the internet to go and and learn more about people like me. So that's my update. I love that. I think one of the most special parts
1: of what's been happening is being able to get more stories and perspectives from people. And I think, um, especially knowing that you didn't have something like this growing up, to be able to like still rely on it and see value in it as you continue to
0: grow, um, that's really awesome that this exists. So I'm glad you yeah. found it. Thanks. Me too. So we'll share that in the show notes. Sure thing. Um what is your update, Brom? Well, as we've been
1: mentioning, we've been doing a lot of uh, reading and listening these past few weeks. Um, and I I was just doing some Google searches recently and uh, found this piece in uh, The Atlantic. It's actually from uh, 2014, but I still found it to be very relevant based on what we're experiencing right now. Um, it's by Tana nehisi Coates. Um, and he wrote it, the article, or it's actually more like a story um, called "The Case for Reparations," and he shared an in-depth look at Black history in America. Um, it talks about the impact of redlining in Chicago and racist housing policies. And for me, it was really eye-opening read, mostly because it was stuff that I wasn't fully keen on in terms of just like the the breadth of things that like actually have a major impact on. Um, communities and especially the black community. And it's one that I think, uh, if you're looking to dive into some more historical understanding of these types of uh, situations and educate yourself on what is just one piece of systemic racism um, in our country and how we can work to combat it moving forward, I think just from a general, like, historical standpoint, it was really uh, helpful to read. This article and I highly recommend it. Like, it's like a twenty-minute read, so block some time to sit down with it. Um, And it's like broken up into like chapters as you Mm. scroll through. Um, But highly recommend it. Um, Again, we'll link to it in show notes. But great read, very educational.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's what has been. You know, to have the resources that are coming out that are showing what systemic racism actually looks like and how that long-term impact has, has, um, what toll it's taken on the black community and, um, other communities of color, but black communities specifically. Um, but to get an understanding of what, what does systemic racism, racism even mean? Like, what does that look like? And to have articles, um, and stories like this that really share that and have, um people be able to read it, take it in, see what their part in kind of writing the ship can be at this point mm-hmm. um is really important so I, I we you know last last or two weeks ago, I think we shared um a lot of resources um but more and more around systemic racism is what's going to help us understand the past to make significant change in the future. so I'm glad that you found this. I'm glad that it was um, educational and helpful and um yeah that's yeah great. and
1: growing up like we had a great education uh, just the the way that they structured how we learned about things, but like there's a reality where people don't learn this stuff in school, which is like also an eye-opening piece of this and so to be able to like really dig into part like that's part of the education is like how deeply rooted are we in this and and what can we do um, to start like pulling up these things just to make change moving forward it's really important absolutely
0: absolutely all right braun uh give it to me straight what are we talking about today well it's hot hot heat and we're heading into <laughs> summer uh yeah we're fully in summer mode i think right
1: yeah is when is it officially what's the official like summer solstice june 23rd <laughs> june
0: 23rd maybe yeah so we might yeah <laughs> we're there hard to say <laughs> Still still not sure what day it is.
1: <laughs> um, so the reality is that uh, imagining summer as a vacation-free time is a little bit weird. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, especially for us living in Western New York, we need to savor this quick sprint of warm weather that we have on this beautiful season and the sun. Gotta love it. Um, yeah. But we wanted to take a moment to share uh, something, obviously, with considering the quarantine, there's less plane travel that's going to be ha- happening. There's definitely not as much uh, international travel happening. We can't even cross the border to Canada right now. Um no. <laughs> So we wanted to talk about how we could do uh, micro-vacations over the summer, um, ones where we may be road tripping instead of flying to get out of town and take a few days uh, because our mental health needs it more than ever.
0: It does. It really does. And, you know, when we start first started talking about micro vacations, it was like, how do I wrap my head around that? Is it enough to really get away? But I think because we've been basically stuck inside for the most part, or just kind of around our own, you know, cities and towns, to do anything that gets us out of town is the best thing ever so oh, yeah. even thinking of you know i used to be like if i'm not going away for at least like four or five days then is it worth it um it's like does you know does it even make sense but this really puts it in perspective of how needed even a few days really is
1: yeah and if we're feeling good about taking like a half day friday imagine tossing in a few like a, a, a sprint
0: oh yeah <laughs> a few days i'm excited
1: i'm already excited <laughs> We're going to have you guys set and ready to take some PTO immediately after this
0: episode. All the tips. All the tips. Paired with our, like, how to pack for vacation. (gasps) And you'll just have to pack a little less. Like, I feel like that is a (laughs) win-win. It's great.
1: Coupled with our capsule wardrobe episode. Oh, my gosh.
0: (laughs) There's so many things. It all comes together. It only takes, like, a couple years, but it all comes together. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bron, let's get into it. What are we... uh, well, we know what we're talking about, but <laughs> let's, let's dive in.
1: <laughs> uh, so we wanted to talk about what qualifies as a micro vacation. Obviously, this is not an official term. Um, I've heard it mentioned a couple times, but thought it was like super relevant as we were kind of thinking about what vacation looks like during a pandemic. Um, and so... Some areas are starting to reopen. Some are further along than others. Um, but we might not necessarily be able to fly to far-off getaways like we have in the past or hop on a cruise anytime soon. I'm never going on a cruise again. For- Mark my words.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who's choosing to do that is just... that. I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm shocked. I I want to know what that thought process was. You know, we don't like to shame people on this podcast, and I still stand by that, but I really want to have that conversation. <laughs> like, yeah, like, why is this fun for you? Right. Like, we, we, we'll we come up with other options before I'll get back on a cruise ship. I mostly oh, well. am just curious, because I did it one time, and it was intense. It's intense. It was yeah. st- I was stuck on a ship for a long time. Oh, a week. They have a guy that's just specifically the activities guy. Like, that's... <laughs> That's intense. I did like laying by the the pool. Yeah. Anyway. And the drinks. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All inclusive. (laughs) We'll go somewhere else for that. But anyway, that's
1: not happening. So (laughs) uh, how can we actually get some decompression time outside of our home? Uh, And so I think shaping it into like what qualifies as a, a micro vacation is maybe thinking about it from like a condensed time frame. There are a lot of scenarios in which we might not be taking a two-week vacation. Uh, again, probably not going to Italy for uh, that countryside tour, uh, yeah. which is such a shame. Save it for a couple of years from now. Um, but taking uh, two to four days, thinking about long weekends, or taking a Friday and a Monday off and, and bookending uh, your weekend... Um, Thinking about it being maybe a road trip opportunity, um, six to 10 hours obviously is a reasonable range. I personally don't think I want to travel 10 hours in a car, but if we break that up, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but the purpose for that is that A, it's an affordable option, and a lot of us are thinking about how we can be more budget friendly right now, and it's obviously easier to plan. And so I think. Um, realizing that we're feeling emotional fatigue and it's really important for us to acknowledge that time off is necessary. Um, and especially during a time where we normally would be taking vacations, thinking about an opportunity where we can do that, um, is definitely like, just because you're not like, you don't have a good reason, quote unquote, to, to get out of town. Um, acknowledging that, like just taking a few days to either like get out of the house, even a staycation, that's enough of a mental break that will like revitalize you.
0: For sure. I think what's interesting is, you know, you're seeing a lot of employers extend their carryover amount of vacation. If you have like a set amount of PTO hours or vacation hours, There, you're seeing a lot of people extend the limit or... Um, Not have them run up as quickly because they can understand that people are canceling vacations, like kind of figuring out what they're doing next. And I've talked to some people that are like, oh, I'm I'm just going to cancel and keep working. I was like, oh, no, like, especially now. Um, the one thing I've been reading a lot is, you know, you're not just working from home. There is a pandemic happening and, and you're working through the pandemic. And so like understanding the mental health, like you said, aspect of this. Um, I, I like this one because it makes it I like this episode because it makes it um, a little bit more manageable to figure out, OK, if I can't do what I wanted to do. What can I do and how do mm-hmm. I plan for that? So I think that this is a good one to just start that process and not feel guilty just because it doesn't look like it was going to look but it can still look like something and we still totally stand by taking time off so I'm excited to talk yeah a and especially about this. especially if you've been
1: working like really hard and it's been intense through this this time, you may think like oh, it's not worth it for me to take time off um. But even if you're doing something where you're just taking a few days during midweek just mm-hmm. to, like,
0: not be working. Right. Right. And I have heard some employers, again, are, like, saying, like, if you need a day in the middle of the week, like, just take it so you can breathe a little bit and, and all of that good stuff. Um, so if your employer is that person, then take it. <laughs> Seriously. It's hard this to It's hard to accept
1: that sometimes where you're like...
0: Should I? Right, right, (laughs) right. Like, is this a trick? Like, if you're starting to think that way, then we should have a different conversation. (laughs) but. But that's an episode for another day. Um, so let's look at how planning might look different, um, for something like this. And so, like you talked about, Brianna, the type of travel we're most likely driving, mm-hmm. um, I still feel okay about a car rental situation. Um, I know sometimes we don't want to put the miles on our own cars, and I've definitely, like, come up against that conundrum before, like, do I just rent a car? Is it cheaper than get Like, all of those questions, um, but the, I think you know the the safety in renting a car. They clean those things, right? So that's probably safe. And they're think, probably maybe? more vigilant,
1: and you can also Lysol wipe it down if you need to for an extra yeah extra
0: set of caution, peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, thinking about what is the distance limit and not pushing that distance limit just because you'd like to get further away. I think I have definitely made a poor decision in what should have been, and and I know we're not flying, but like what should have been a flight, I'll do a drive just because for what, for any reason that I wanted to save money or, um, I couldn't find a a flight that was like at the time that I needed. Um, and so I ended up driving and I always regretted it. And so I want to keep that kind of thing in mind right now is that, um, if you don't want to stop at a ton of rest stops along the way, like take that into consideration. Take into consideration um, where you're going to be driving through, and all of those types of things to figure out what is the limit that I'm comfortable. Not just because I, I the distance I'm physically driving, but how often I want to stop and you know be around other people, no matter how safely you can do it.
1: Yeah, and I love the idea of taking a road trip. And, like, the benefit of it being the Mm -hmm. fact that we have a chance to slow down because, like, it's going to take longer, like, just naturally because of the circumstances of you driving and not flying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the stress. I always am less stressed on a road trip than I am when I'm flying.
1: Well, and I feel like if you go into it being like the actual road trip is going to be part of the experience too, it feels like Mm -hmm. a flashback to the past when road trips were the way to travel, like back in the 60s, or if you were in our case as kids, the 90s, everywhere we went was a road trip. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Um, I think the other place, like the thing that we'll want to consider too is like taking a trek uh, to more rural locations than like road tripping to, to big city life. Um, I think just being cognizant of avoiding close contact with too many people will be on people's mind as well. So I think, uh, thinking about different areas that you might not have explored yet as a, a cool opportunity for more of like a low key, relaxing, quieter type of road trip vacation.
0: I think that's a great idea. I actually didn't even think about that. Like, what other options open up when some options just naturally count themselves out for that reason and thinking about, okay, how do I get creative about where I want to go? What do I actually want to do on this vacation? And all that good stuff. So I like thinking about that as well. Um, The next thing we have is thinking about who you're going with, you know? I think... (laughs) There's always, we can always have the conversation about fun, awesome travel buddies. And who fits into that category and who might not. And this isn't a time to be like willy-nilly with that boundary line. I think no it's, it's imperative that you're more <laughs> strict about it. Um, so thinking about, okay, is it my family? Um, are they my friends that are coming? And thinking about who makes sense to be coming along with you on that trip. And I'm all for a friend road trip or trip in general. But thinking about, okay... Are these people still going to their essential work jobs every day? And if we're talking about the safety conversation, then thinking about, okay, what can we do to make sure we're all safe when we're leaving town together? And what can we all do to, like, hold each other accountable that we are either you know, quarantining for a week or really being honest about how we're feeling, if we're feeling like we're getting sick or if we're feeling like, you know, I'm feeling a little iffy these days, being super, super honest about that, both friends and family, Mm -hmm. um, to make sure we're not, you know, just... We, we all want to get out of town, but we also don't want to, like, put anybody in harm's way either. Um, and one of the things, I've got a family vacation coming up this summer, um, and we're planning to get tested for COVID-19 before we go. Um, and I have not felt sick this entire time. I have no reason to think that I might be even asymptomatic, but it just, it's not worth the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, I know other members of my family have said that they're going to do the same thing, just just to, you know just to be super sure. So that's a tactic. Um, And now that tests are more widely available, I think this is a more viable option than it may have been before. 100%.
1: Um, I think also just being mindful of like, this isn't going to be a crazy town, uh, super fun, like giant vacation celebration. So ideally keeping the groups of people that you're either going to vacation with or like where you're all meeting um under 10 people or less um and i think limiting how far you all travel together will help limit exposure too um and it like what you were saying like making sure that you double check with everybody about like their comfort levels and risk levels on like what are some things that like make everyone feel super safe on this trip because there are certain people that are going to be like a little bit more concerned for personal health reasons or just like their own peace of mind of just being like hey let's like make sure that everybody has their own individual cups and we're not like sharing and dipping and like we'll have uh you know recyclable uh disposable materials
0: oh yep like a bamboo
1: fork instead of people sharing silverware i don't know whatever your comfort
0: level is straws for everybody Absolutely. Just stuff to, like, be aware. And I think on the other hand of that, too, if you're the person that gets the call from the person that's like, I'm really not feeling well, I don't, I just don't feel right about going when I don't feel good, Um, like, it's okay to be disappointed, but withholding the shame of being like oh man like I really wanted you to go are you sure you can't go are you positive that you're not feeling good like if somebody pressured me that much I'd be like you know what never mind I feel great I'll be there (laughs) just because you don't like I mean if that person had signed up originally obviously they want to go and if they're being forthcoming with how they're feeling it's up to the person that's receiving that call to just be like you know what I understand I'm so sorry you're not feeling well we will miss you so much um and we'll we'll do it next time. Mm-hmm. So just that understanding and patience with the people we love. So necessary. Always good to keep that in mind. Okay, the big one, where to stay. I feel like this is the one that brings me equal amounts of anxiety and also I'm like thinking, are these places safe? What can I do? <laughs> How do yeah. I know for sure? um but there was an article Brianna that you shared that I really appreciated that put a lot of this in perspective about like safety mm-hmm. and risk and all these things um and so we looked at hotels and hotels are actually being identified as low risk places to stay which I was surprised by if that is okay to say <laughs> I uh I'm I'm always a little hotels are always like an iffy thing for me to begin with, <laughs> and I'm not a germ freak, but I am aware <laughs> of well when my you think about
1: like tendencies. the articles that have been about like how germified certain things in that are like commonly used things, but I feel like because of the circumstances we're in, they're gonna be wiping down those remotes remotes a little bit more, hopefully. yeah a lot
0: <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> But I also, you know, it's never a bad idea to, you know, check the ratings, check reviews, see what reviews around cleanliness were maybe like a year ago to see if they have any kind of consistency. And, you know, we're big on reviews. So I think taking that into account, while it is identified as a low risk place, it still doesn't hurt to like do your homework. Check and out. Just make sure. Check out what their policies are. It's vital. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Airbnb's a personal fave. Um, They actually, the company has been updating their cleaning policies and are being super explicit about what they've changed to keep up with current guidelines. So all of that is really appreciated. I actually would trust an Airbnb more to some degree. Um, Don't ask me why, I can't really tell you. But I feel like there's just more of a a social contract. (laughs) Well, I feel like
1: also it's probably getting less flow of people than a hotel, perhaps.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Because there's exactly. only so many people that can
0: stay in an Airbnb versus like a thousand person. An hotel. entire hotel. That's true. Maybe that's what it is. That underlying like knowledge. You're like safety. Um, it just <laughs> just feels better for some reason. Um and I've just also heard that there's more availability right now. So if your plans include Um, a weekend, that's usually very popular because people are always hitting it up like months in advance. You might have a better shot at it Mm -hmm. um, closer to the date or a little bit of a better price or just like thinking about what the availability looks like and all that good stuff. Um, So I would for sure check out an Airbnb. Yeah. And as
1: someone who Airbnbs frequently on vacations, um, any of the ones that have like a separate entrance or like a private Like, you have access to a private area that's just yours during the stay. That also, like, is a level of comfort where it's like, you know no one else is coming into the space while you're there. So, like, for your own precautions, you're like, I've wiped down all of the surfaces and I have, you know, there's soap, there's things to to make me feel safe and comfortable and and clean in the space. And I know the host isn't walking in and out of this place.
0: Absolutely. That definitely makes me feel better. (laughs) For sure.
1: You're like, well, definitely
0: uh, checking the private abode. <laughs> <laughs> that and only that for me from now. I've always been an entire home type of gal. I mm-hmm. check that box most mm-hmm. often. I just have I don't know. I get nervous, you know. <laughs> I don't know. It's the way that I, it's just the way that I am. But I guess if I think about a hotel, I'm obviously sharing that space with a ton of people, so that doesn't really check out you You never never know It's (laughs) Um,
1: it's true one of the things that i've been hearing about is this place called getaway house um and they're in certain areas mainly on the east coast a couple spots in texas and then la and portland um, but these are escapes to tiny little cabins nestled in nature and they're equipped with a bunch of essential amenities and it's kind of like an up leveling of camping a camping experience they have like fire pits and like stuff inside if you want to cook and clean and like do all of that but they're like cute and trendy and like big windows so you're like in nature and it's very peaceful and I thought that that was just like a cool option that I personally haven't tried yet, but have been hearing good things about. Um, and so I've, I actually follow them on Instagram and just seeing the photos of their all the people like hanging out in their little cabins
0: and the stuff that they share. It just looks so calm. Love it. That sounds like the only type of camping I want to do is mm-hmm. in a tiny cabin. I feel at- like you and Doug would enjoy that. That like because it has everything, but I still feel like I'm part of nature. Because mm-hmm. you know, my camping history is not stellar. Well, your fear of tents. <laughs> oh, that, That's... yeah, that really puts a, <laughs> a wrench in the plan, puts a damper sure. on it. <laughs> I, you know, of all the things I think about camping, that is the one that I forget is the worst part for me, if you can believe that. Like, I think about all the other things that I'm not as good at when it comes to camping, but the actual tent part never comes to mind until I'm reminded. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, another option is always staying with friends and family if that is an option to you. I think, like, this is dependent upon... It's the same thing, like, with who you're traveling with. What is the risk level? How are people feeling? What are people doing outside of when they're at the home? Um I I always like to stay with friends and family, but especially right now, even though like restrictions are easing and, and that's like wonderful that we're moving to a more open environment. Um, but it never hurts to do your due diligence. But I know that friends and family are always a nice a nice you know place to stay if you have that option. For sure. Um <laughs> back to a thing that Sid
1: hates campgrounds are open.
0: I want to like it. I want to... Here's the thing. I want to love camping more than I want to love most things. Mostly because, like, I like hiking. Give me a good hike. I'm good. I also enjoy nature. And I don't really... I'm not a a high-maintenance person. I think this is what gets confusing, is that people hear that I don't love camping and they think it's because I'm high-maintenance. And I will argue that I'm fairly low-maintenance, but there are certain things... (laughs) camping is hard that was (laughs) exclusively the
1: vacations that we went on growing up i love camping but as an adult camping is hard my back can't take it you gotta have like i now (laughs) understand why people camp with air mattresses i understand i can do like an rv in their tent yeah (laughs) um i used to shame people who rv'd i was like (laughs) you're bringing an RV into this beautiful nature campground. And now I'm like, you're bringing your RV. Yeah, you are. Check out your <laughs> you setup. You know what's up.
0: <laughs> you're doing you it right. You sleep
1: comfortably in that air conditioning.
0: <laughs> I was so jealous of the RVs at the Grand Canyon. I desperately wanted to be in one. But I tented. We tented. You did it. Um, and we survived it.
1: But besides that, campgrounds are actually really beautiful and wonderful. And a lot of area parks are reopening um and obviously private campgrounds uh in certain cir- circumstances those are good places for you to stay um and obviously that varies state by state so double checking reservations on the state park website is a good call but it is a really nice opportunity for you to to do something that's like in nature surrounded by a light number of people definitely a lower risk opportunity um and just being mindful of the type of experience that you're getting at, but um, I definitely think, like, especially during summertime, like I know a lot of people that will travel to different parks around the area, and it's nice to know that that's still an option because for a while it was like we're on Everything we're on down. lockdown, so um, uh, it's nice to know that some of those spots are opening back up. Because uh, if you're if you're like I don't know what kind of vacation we're gonna have, camping is a great. Op- opportunity and there are a lot of cabin spots at campgrounds too so um you don't have to sleep in a tent you don't have to you could also rent an rv i hear the rv business is like bumping right now oh i
0: bet people are taking them all over the place yeah i assume road trips camping i was about to say concerts but that's not happening no concerts i don't know when concerts will be back honestly Again, a topic for another day, but <laughs> that one is, and you know, I don't love a concert because I don't love a crowded space, um, <laughs> but I'm sad for my concert-going pals that really enjoy a summer concert series, and I, like, I'm sad for them because that is what most people look forward to literally all year, mm-hmm. so Big I Big summer, I'm, summer fest. Oh, yeah, all the festivals, oh Let's not get into that. That's a downer. That's very sad. Um, So where do we want to go on our micro vacations? I'm What's excited to list? talk about this. There's a few places on my list. One is the ever amazing Finger Lakes region. So you've got Same. your wineries. You've got... Your restaurants. You can do takeaway. You can do pickup wine. There are abundant Airbnbs. And for us, it's close enough where we can bring our own food from here in Rochester. So it's not even like we have to do a separate grocery shop. We can just, like, pack up our cars with mm-hmm. all our yummy meats and cheeses, hit the road, arrive at our Airbnb, and kick our feet up. And I love it. I'm so, I'm so on board for this. Um,
1: so if you're looking for a friend... <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> I'm free. No, this is on our list too because it's one of those things you can do it as a weekend getaway, you can do it as a day trip. Um Oh yeah. For us we're we're definitely thinking about the the quick and easy um outings. The other thing, uh shout out to my coworker Sagel. She shared with me uh a link to, that I'll add in show notes for any of our New York uh dwellers um or people maybe visiting New York perhaps. Um There are spots that you can rent boats. So for if you want to do like a boating weekend out on the lake to get your water vibes and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff, pack a little uh, boat picnic, charcuterie board perhaps. That sounds awesome. Um, She shared she had done it um, over Memorial Day weekend, and I was like, I need this, and this feels like a very worthwhile experience. And especially if you're thinking about like, We're just doing a weekend. You can get a boat rental, no problem.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'll wanna hear all about that because that sounds right up my alley as well. Cool. Um, The next one on my list is the Adirondacks. It's a little further away, but totally worth it. Lots of outdoor activities that can happen here. And again, I'm not a big camper, as I've shared, but I do enjoy an outdoor activity. I really enjoy a hike. um, And it's just beautiful there. And it really, where the Finger Lakes region is amazing, it sometimes feels like I'm just like kind of in my backyard because essentially I am. Um, But the Adirondacks really feels like that because I think it's for us about four hours away ish. Mm -hmm. Depending on where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels, although, like, that's not what everybody wants is a a further away moment. But for me, sometimes a little further away makes me really, like, chill out and enjoy being away. Um, And again, I'm sure there are Airbnbs and all of the the things that we're looking for to stay safe.
1: A hundred percent. And the reality, too, is that um, there are spots where there's no cell service. So you got to really trying to unplug. You got to unplug for real, for real.
0: This Which is, is the place to go? It's again one of those things where I'm like, in theory, that sounds great. <laughs> in practice, I might not make it. <laughs> but um, my last one is Rhode Island. I love Rhode Island. I have honestly only been there twice but both times were excellent and they were vastly different experiences like one time I was there for work and I told you about the breakfast place that I found and has continued to be the only place I've waited 45 minutes to sit by myself (laughs) to have the best bacon I've ever had in my whole life and it's called the kitchen and it's excellent and I highly recommend so that was one trip. Another trip was uh, to Newport for a bachelorette party. Also amazing um, for obviously very different reasons. It's gorgeous there. The water, the drinking on the water, like all of it was, was so fun. And it just, we have friends there too. Um, and again, it's not too far where it feels like I need to take so many days off where I can do it as a long weekend and still feel like I really got away and was able to mm-hmm. do something very different.
1: Yeah, we did a, a trip last year where one of our stops was in Rhode Island, and it's so beautiful there. Um, and our our vacation list is pretty similar to yours, where we're like, if we're going to go anywhere, it's going to be probably on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, but a trip to R- Rhode Island is great. Six hours away, you get access to the beach. It's beautiful. It feels a little bit coastal. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. I love it there. Me Um, Another one on our list is a potential trip to Maine. Um, The ocean, peaceful, lots of seafood, um, sailing, very relaxing things. But uh, I feel like we're due for a trip back. We did uh, a couple road trips a few years ago now at this point, like about four and then maybe two years ago. Um, We've been up to Maine and it's just like such a great place to go. So I feel like Um, it's the right distance and it has all the things that we want to like, feel like we're on a a vacation, get away somewhere, um, but still peaceful, still the the right level of like we still we're kind of feeling we've taken trips to Adirondacks in the past and we're like we feel like we want the right amount of people exposure where we're like Mm. seeing seeing faces and feeling like we're surrounded by people but in like a safe capacity
0: (laughs) that's what we're looking for I can see you but at a very strong distance we're like I acknowledge your presence hello from a distance from from over there yeah (laughs) so true Well, we would always love to hear what everybody else has planned for their summers, if you're doing any micro-vacationing or um, anything else that you have on your list. We always love to hear about it. Um, I hope that these, you know, tips were helpful and that people now have a new, refreshed sense of how to take control of their vacation even amidst the pandemic. Hear, (laughs) hear.
1: We'll share... uh other suggestions and recommendations and things that we think of on instagram at queen underscore speaking we sure will shall we break let's break